And uh, looking forward to continuing our series in the book of Ruth. Uh, we'll start in verse number six. If you have found it and you're physically able to, if you could stand to your feet and uh, follow along in your Bible or on the screen or there in your handout, and we'll read through just a few verses and then we'll pray and get into the message this morning. Then she arose with her daughters and laws in verse six that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people and giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return into the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. Lord, deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And let's pray. Lord, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for loving us. It certainly is good to be in your house this morning. Thank you for the faithfulness of your dear people. Thank you for the guests you brought our way. I thank you for the children and the teens and uh, Lord, those in the nursery. I pray that you'll help each and every one of them, even those tuning in online today as they'll hear uh, your word preached. I pray that uh, the message will be preached, Lord, the lessons will be taught in such a way that they'll be able to hear them and retain them and it will change your life. If there's someone here today that does not know you, as our personal Savior, may they get it settled today. And Lord, may we make decisions that will help us in our Christian life and will help us as we face the difficult challenges of the world we live in today. We sure do love you, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, thank you for standing. We talked about experiencing uh, uh, the chastening and then today, and during chastening, and then today we'll get into experiencing grace. Experiencing grace. There was a <clears throat> story about a woman whose husband was critically ill and had been slipping in and out of a coma for several months. And through it all, his wife of many years had faithfully stood by his side every single day. One day he came to and motioned for his dear wife to come closer. While she nestled in close, her eyes filled with tears. You know what, he rasped. You've been with me through all the bad times. You were there when I got fired. You were there to support me when my business failed. You were there when I got shot. You were there right by my side. When we lost the house, you didn't leave me. And when my health started failing, you were still by my side. And then the husband said, you know what? The wife drew in closer and hung on to every word. He said, he said this, I think you're bad luck, honey. You are just bad luck. And uh, I think that's maybe how Naomi felt a little bit. Uh, she had followed her husband to Boab, left, of course, the promised land, though it was during famine, though they were getting judged, if you will, by the famine. They leave it, they go to Moab, of course, because there's greener grass, if you will, there's, there's more food to eat and she gets there only to find her husband pass away and then her two boys. And now she's left with nothing. No inheritance, no food, no means to be able to take care of herself. She's a widow. And those days, especially if you are a widow, you didn't really have any hope, especially when you're in a foreign country and you're more of an alien, if you will, to that area. And so she doesn't have much to look forward to. So she returns. She hears about the Lord, how the Lord had visited her people and how the the famine perhaps was starting to lift and she gets up and and of course to be buried in a, a, a land a foreign land was considered the ultimate punishment in Amos 7 verse 17 thou shalt die in a polluted land she did not want to die in a polluted land she wanted to be able to die in, in her native land and so she rises up with her two daughter-in-laws and she gets ready 
uh, to go back. And we don't know what she was going to go back to. Maybe she thought she was going to go back to her inheritance. Of course, Elimelech may have already given away the land after 10 years. If you know anything about farming, my dad's a farmer. You do not want to get into a piece of property that hasn't been farmed for 10 years. It's usually overgrown. It's a mess. There's probably trees, all kinds of stuff. And Perhaps in the process of a famine, that field has turned into just an awful mess. And ladies are going to have a hard, difficult time, especially getting that going. And so she doesn't have much to go back to. But she has heard that the Lord has visited her people. Something about that drew her back. So this morning, if you're writing, I want us to see four ways that Naomi responded to getting back to where she needed to be. Maybe today you're here. God's brought you here for whatever reason, but you're here. And maybe you too want to get back on track with the Lord. Or maybe you're just here because you want to hear from God's word. But whatever the case may be, maybe you're searching. Maybe you'd like to know the truth. The Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And maybe you're searching. And may I say Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by him. So as you're here today, may you open your heart and search and say, Lord, what would you have me to do with this thought this morning? So number one, if you're writing, we see the rising of Naomi, right? The rising of Naomi. We read in verse number six, then she arose with her daughter-in-laws. Then is a critical thing because then signifies that something's about to change. Something's about to happen. And it shows that God is moving into the story. So the grief and the emotional pain Naomi feels is now about to be addressed as God moves into the story. Naomi probably could testify to the truth of Solomon's proverb in Proverbs 25, 25, as cold waters to a thirsty soul, so is good news from a far country. What's interesting here, as David Atkinson points out, is there are several things. She arose, she she returned, several times signifies that she had to do something about her bad state. She could have stayed in her mourning, she could have stayed in her bad state, or she could have made a change. And there's some things that people just can't do for you. You've got to decide to make that change. Paul understood this, Philippians 3.12. I press toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling. What did he have to do to press forward? Well, the Bible says he had to forget those things which are behind and reach forth. And we must be a people that are reaching forward to Jesus Christ. We can't stay in the past. We need to look forward to Jesus Christ. Keep our gaze fixed on him. Many people in Israel had forgotten God. The Bible says in Judges 3, 7, Forgot the Lord their God and served Balaam. Judges 8, 34, They remembered not the Lord their God. Naomi must have remembered something, though. Perhaps it was as a psalmist in Psalms 84, 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And aren't you thankful that we serve a God who doesn't withhold good for his children? And even though you may be going through a dark time, a discouraging time, a distressful time, a time where you're struggling, you can rest assured that God will never leave you nor forsake you. And he is right there beside you each step of the way. We must respond as 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9 says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul says, I will rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. 
I'll take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Paul knew the weaker he was, the stronger he could be with Jesus Christ. And Naomi starts realizing, though she's in a weak spot in her life, she now, after she hears about the Lord visiting, hey, maybe, just maybe, there's a chance that God will still take care of his child. And she wants to return back to her promised land. David Atkinson says, in the hard times, faith will sometimes mean leaving unanswered difficulties in the hands of God. Unanswered difficulties. You have one of those in your life? We all probably do, if we're honest. Why, Lord? I mean, I'm trying to serve you. Why are you giving me this physical need? <laughs> Lord, I'm trying to serve you. Why are you giving me this relationship issue? Lord, I'm trying to serve you. And why are you giving me this problem at work? God, why are you doing this? We need to, as God's people, give our unanswered difficulties to him by faith and say, God, I'm just going to give it to you and just keep on serving you. Such faith will be strengthened by keeping in the front of our minds the ways God has helped us in the past. And so we see, first of all, the rising of Naomi. She made a conscious decision that, hey, I'm going to do something different about the spot where I'm in. But second of all, this morning, I want us to see the remembrance of Naomi. Somewhere along the line, Naomi remembered something. The Bible says, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. It's interesting here because this good news has traveled 80 miles around the Dead Sea to where they are in Moab. And she hears this land, this, this message that the Lord had visited. This was probably heard by the mouth of some Moabites who probably knew nothing about God or knew nothing about Yahweh, or knew nothing about Naomi's God. They probably did not worship God. They probably didn't even care about him, but they had heard and somewhere along the line of this caravan of this mariners or some other traveler in ancient world, Naomi had heard out of the mouth of somebody that probably wasn't a child of God, probably wasn't a Jew, probably could care less about God, but she had heard that the Lord had visited his people. And what's interesting to me is that she could have heard maybe that the weather had broken, there was an upturn in the economy, the threat of the invasion is gone. But no, no, what did she hear? The Lord had visited his people. And we know, did not Balaam hear from a donkey when God wanted to speak to him? God finds a way to give you a message from him. And he gets Naomi's attention. It's interesting how she hears this attention. But this is the first mention of God's covenant name, Jehovah. I am. This shows Naomi that, hey, I am sovereign. I am in control of individuals and nations. And we know this morning that God is not a genie, but he is the great I am. And we can look around us and say, man, life is bleak and life is frustrating. Woe is me. But we can realize that God is in sovereign and control. Last week I was in Portland with my family uh, in-laws. We went to Pal Books, after we had took them to PDX Sliders and introduced them to some, some of Portland's finest. And uh, we had got to the children's section of the Pal's books there and was looking at some of the books. And I was amazed at some of the books they have there for children to view. And uh, one particular one was on full display on this little easel, you know, talking about how many identities you can have and all that. 
And I looked at that and I thought, that's not right. So forgive me, but I took it up and I put it at the very bottom of the corner of the stack. (laughs) And I found this good wholesome book at the bottom of the stack and put that up top. And I couldn't help but think. It's amazing where we've gotten to as a society. Walked as I walked through the Portland, I had to park several blocks away. And what I had to walk around and through, I thought, isn't this sad? Honestly, I had zero desire to stay any longer than we did. But the Lord burdened my heart that, hey, where did sin did abound, did much grace much more abound. And that though the, that it can be bleak, I promise you this, God is still in control. And God still wants to do a work in our area today in our hearts. And so we see Naomi remembered. No matter how dark, no matter how hopeless our outlook is, may we have an uplook instead of an outlook. Corrington Boone said this, Look around and be distressed. Look inside and be depressed. Look at Jesus and be at rest. May we look to Jesus. Paul knew this, 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Romans 15.4, God's people need to learn to get comfort of the scriptures. Might have hope, the Bible says. When's the last time you went to God's word for hope and encouragement? I hope it's a daily basis. Hope we have that daily time with God's word. Naomi was discovering the glorious truth of 1 Corinthians 10.13. There is no temptation taken you, but that is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are, that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that may be able to bear it. The Lord visited his people. Luke chapter 1 verse 67 talks about Zacharias. When he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he said, Whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. That word visited that Naomi experienced, the Lord had visited, is the same thing you and I can experience too from God. 1 Peter 2.12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. May we always be ready as Christians to be ready for the appearing of God and his presence in our lives. It could be today, it could be tomorrow when he comes back, could it not? Are we living our lives in such a way that's pleasing to him? James 1.27 says that we can show the Lord's visitation. It says, Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the Lord. Aren't you thankful that God visits with us and that we get that opportunity to also be a blessing to other people? Naomi, no doubt, cried like Psalms 106.4, Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation. She said, she probably would have said in Psalm 77 verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember. Like Jonah, when he was in that bottom of a whale, he said, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. When's the last time you remembered God? Like Naomi would have here. Remembered his goodness. Remembered his salvation. Remember what he's done for you and me. Oftentimes we can focus on all the negative things of life. We forget how good God really is. 
How amazing is Naomi remembered. Matthew Henry said, Earth is bitter to us that heaven may be made dear. May we always remember this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. One day we'll be able to be in heaven with Jesus if we're a child of God. We see the rising of Naomi. We see the repentance of Naomi. But I want us to see number three. I'm sorry, the remembering of Naomi. But number three, the repentance of Naomi. The repentance of Naomi. Verse seven. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return into the land of Judah. She experiences a change of direction, does she not? She goes from Moab saying, hey, I'm not going this way anymore. I'm going to go back to the will of God. The key word is return. It's the Hebrew word shub. It conveys movement spiritually to turn back, to restore, or repent. Maybe you and I today have had that in our lives. We need to restore. We need to repent. We need to turn back to God. Someone said this, repenters always find that God always puts out the welcome mat. May we be a church that always welcomes people back to church. Welcome people who've maybe strayed or maybe who have, who have went wayward a little bit. Hey, come back to Jesus Christ. This is a spiritual hospital. And that's what happens when we come back to God's repentance. It always has the welcome mat. J. Vernon McGee talks about how she could have been like the prodigal son returning back to her home, realizing how much better it was to be with God. Scripture emphasizes man's responsibility and repentance is a central role of the heart. I have these passages in your handout. I won't go through them all. But each one of these next four passages talk about how our heart needs to be turned back to God. It always starts with the heart. How's your heart this morning? I'm not talking about physically. I'm talking about spiritually. Is it in tune with God? Does he have your heart? Have you wandered away from God and think, well, what is he going to do if I try to return? Well, John 6 tells us, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. God is ready to bring you back home. Encouraged, after the next three chapters of Naomi's life, you can also understand what she did in Philippians 1.6. Confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you feel like you have strayed from God, you can repent and come back to him. By the way, you may have been faithfully attending church every week and still be straying from God. How's your walk with God? Are you in tone with him? Are you listening to him? Are you allowing him to work in your life? In fact, every single one of us at one time found ourselves in the land of Moab. Of course, Moab, we understand, is the world. It was against God. Just like Ruth and Orpha, they found themselves in Moab wanting to know more about Naomi's God. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you say, Pastor Justin, I do not know for sure. I, I'm going to heaven. I... I'd like to know. I'd like God to be my Heavenly Father. I'd like Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I'd love that. Well, we understand this morning 
that only happens through the blood of Jesus Christ. You see, we're all sinners. We've all done wrong. We've all missed the mark. We've all come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God's eternal life. I remember as a boy when I realized I was a sinner in need for a Savior, and I had no hope. But yet, Jesus Christ wanted to give me a way out. And that way out was this free gift of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave. Have you ever invited Jesus Christ in your life and received that gift? Do you believe that? Do you believe Jesus would do that for you? All you have to do is receive this free gift of salvation. And he wants to come into your life. Which brings me to number four. The returning of Naomi. The returning of Naomi. In verse 8. And Naomi said unto her daughter, two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and me. And they said unto her, verse 10, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. Once again, the word return is mentioned ten different times in Ruth 1. And Paul uses the same word in 1 Thessalonians 1, 9. When he says, For they themselves show of us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God. If you remember, the church of Thessalonica had accepted Christ. Just three short weeks, Paul was there, and man, many people accepted Christ, and the whole word was spreading there, and they turned from their idols. That is the same Greek Hebrew word that is in this verse. They turned. Naomi turned and says, You know what? I'm ready to focus only on Jesus Christ. She reversed the direction she and her husband had taken. She turned away from Moab and the errors of the past. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to turn. You say, man, I've been doing my own thing. I've been pursuing my own thing. But you know what? Maybe you need to turn today to God and say, I'm going to trust on him and him alone, not just for salvation, but I'm going to serve him with my life. I want to say no to sin and yes to the Savior. Why did she depart? The Bible says because she had heard. May God give us all an ear to hear when God is speaking to us. Psalms 40 verse 2, He brought me up out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. If you feel like you are in Moab today, You can run to the Savior. He wants you to come back. Maybe you're somewhere in between. Maybe you've gone back and forth. Decide today. God, I'm putting myself in your hands and you alone. I'm done with my way of thinking and I want to follow your will. Mills says, the scene painted before our eyes is a pathetic trio. Stricken with poverty and grief, facing the frightening desert mountain passes and mountain wastes of Moab. And beckoned only by trust in Yahweh, Israel's God. It was going to take a little bit of time. It was going to take a little bit of effort. It was going to take a little bit of sacrifice. It was going to take a little bit of determination. It was going to take a little bit of courage. A little bit of faith. But they needed to be willing to do whatever it cost to get back in God's graces. I say today, though God is waiting, he's ready. Sometimes it takes us a little bit. Take some effort, take some work, take some saying no to sin. It takes to say no to that addiction, no to that vice. No, 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 God, you are all I want. I want it for my family's sake. I want it for yours, God. I need it. I need you to be everything. 
We have to be willing to cast aside those things that so easy beset us, as the Bible says. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 14, 29, And the Levite and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow which are within thy gates shall come and shall eat and be satisfied, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thy hand which thou doest. The Bible says the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, they were willing to leave it all because they knew that Moab didn't want them anymore, but they knew God wanted them. And folks, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know if it's a financial thing, if it's a physical ailment, if it's whatever it is. May I say, God doesn't care. He wants you just as you are. He wants to do a work in your life. Acts 3, verse 19 Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come for the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Hebrews eleven six. But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Hosea says, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. Don't you see this morning that God wants you to return? If you are here, stay in the will of God. Never leave. Don't follow the world's temptation. Don't follow those desires. Determine to stay in the hand of God. Ness adds these three things that I want to really give for conclusion. God's house of worldly correction is to God's people a school of heavenly correction. Sometimes correction that comes is really heavenly instruction from God. God's rod has a voice. Micah 6, 9, The Lord's voice crieth unto the city, and the man of wisdom shall see thy name. Hear ye the rod who hath appointed it. The Bible says that he wants to open our ears for instruction. Verse 10 of Job 36, He openeth also their ear to discipline. God wants to instruct you. Sometimes it takes worldly correction to do it, but he wants to instruct you. Will you be listening to his instruction? And then, second of all, godly souls should live convincing lives. Isn't it interesting how Naomi was loved God enough and heard the remembrance and wanted God enough that whatever it was that stirred her caused her daughter-in-laws to say, I want to go with you. She says, you don't have to. She says, just stay here. I've released you of your connection with me. In those days, if you were married into the family, you, it would have been despicable to leave them to suffer, leave them on their own. So they were going to follow her. She goes, you don't need me anymore. You can go and remarry. I release you. And they says, no, 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 no. We're going to go with you anyways. Something about Naomi caused them to want to follow God. Is that, could that be said of your life? The way you live your life in such a way that, hey, I want to follow God because of you. And then third of all, every heart should hanker heavenward as Naomi did homeward. Aren't you thankful that one day God's going to come back, take us all to heaven for a child of God? Won't that be a great day? But until that day, may we work for the night is coming. May we keep on serving our Lord and Savior. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Maybe there's someone that is struggling a little bit with this area of you're in Moab. You're kind of by yourself, and you want to go back like Naomi did, but you're not sure what to do. May I encourage you to rise up. Make that decision. 
may I encourage you to remember. May I encourage you to uh, repent. May I encourage you to return. But maybe there's someone today that would say, Pastor Justin, I, I don't know for sure if I die today where I'd spend eternity. And you talked about a little bit about the gospel, about how we're sinners in need of a Savior. And I, I don't know if I've ever done that. I don't know if I've ever accepted Christ as my Savior. And if I were to die right now, I don't know where I'd spend eternity, but I sure would love to go to heaven. I would love to accept Christ as my Savior. I'd love to give my life to Him. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I won't embarrass you at all, I promise you. I just want to pray for you. I want to say, Pastor Justin, that's me. I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. If that's you, we slip your hand this morning. I want to pray for you. Anybody this morning that would say, Pastor Justin, I need to know for sure I'm going to heaven. Say, Pastor Justin, I know for sure I'm going to heaven. But I'll be honest with you, I've struggled a little bit in this area of Moab. I, I, I'm kind of in this thing that I wish I wasn't in, or I, I, I'm not sure exactly what I want to do. And the Lord's kind of convicted my heart today. And I want to get back to God. I want to get back in His Word. I want to get back in His church. I want to get back in His, in His prayer. I want to get back in my walk with Him. I want to get back in tune with God again. If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. Amen. Maybe there was someone that would say, you know, I, I need to repent of something. I'm not just do I want to. I need to get some things right. And God touched my heart. And I want to get that right with God today. If that's you, will you slip up your hand? I want to pray for you. Anybody like that? God bless you. I see those hands. Maybe there's someone that uh, maybe you're just struggling. You have a burden that you're bearing right now. And it's just, it's hard. And like Naomi, you... You maybe are struggling to see through it that God was really in control. And you realize this morning that whatever you're going through, that you're just going to keep trusting God. You're going to give that difficulty to God. Quit trying to figure it out. Just give it to God and keep trusting him. Maybe that's you this morning. That's you. We slip your hand. I want to pray for you all over. Lord, you see the hands. You know the hearts. I pray that you'll use this invitation time to your glory and honor. We sure do love you, Lord. Be with those who've raised their hands, Lord about repenting of some things or about getting back in tune with you. I pray you'll help them. Be with those who uh, are, are dealing with this disgruntled, uh, not disgruntled, but this difficulty, Lord. They don't know what to do with May they give it to you. And I pray you'll do work in our hearts like only you can in Jesus' name. Amen. If you could stand to your feet, we're going to have what's called an invitation at this time. The altar is open. If the Lord has touched your heart, maybe you'd like to come forward and talk to one of our pastors. We'd love to talk to you. Maybe there's someone that you'd just like someone to pray with you this morning. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe you'd like to follow Lord in baptism or uh, join the church. I want to encourage you to to uh, uh, get ready for that at this time. And uh, maybe there's someone who uh, would just uh, uh, say, Pastor Justin, I, I have something on my heart I have to talk to someone about. We'd love to talk to you about that. Um, we would like to help you in any way we can.
Father, we love you. Thank you for all that you've done today in our hearts. I pray, God, that you would use the truth this morning to speak to us and to help us this week as we represent you in our communities. And we'll give you the honor and praise for what you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Pastor Justin is on his way up to uh, perform a baptism this morning, and so we will uh, be enjoying the baptism here in a moment. First, we've got two videos. Uh, The announcement video will be coming up first, and then followed by uh, the Israel trip video. And So if you are interested in going on the Israel trip, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer and some more details that we'll be able to watch here. Good morning and thank you for joining us today. We hope this morning's service was a blessing to you. Don't forget to join us for a special celebration for all grandparents and their families following this morning's 11 a.m. service. Join us tonight at 5 for a sermon from our pastor to the seniors, Brother Mutchler. Churchwide Outreach will meet Saturday, September 16th at 10.15 a.m. Join us for a delicious breakfast and help us as we endeavor to pass out thousands of invitations to two of our upcoming events, Tailgate Sunday and Pumpkin Sunday. We're excited about our Israel trip. You've just been able to see the video concerning it. And for those who are interested, this brochure right here is available on the information desk. For those who have already signed up, we have two uh, different uh, journals to give to you. And this is going to give detailed information of what we see each day. And one of them is a newsletter. It's going to go through maps and information about Israel. Do not forget to pick these up today on the information desk. The international program at GVCA has the opportunity to host more international students for three days. The dates will be September 29th through October 2nd. We are looking for families that would be willing to host these students for those three days. If you would like to volunteer, please see Nicole Berkeley. We are looking forward to our Kids Night In, Parents Night Out activity next Saturday night from 4 to 7 p.m. This is for children four years through fifth grade. Don't miss this time for inflatables, games, and dinner, all free of charge for the kids to enjoy. Join us Wednesday night, September 13th, for a special speaker, Abdel Judah, who is holding a youth revival this week for Grandview Christian Academy and will be preaching in the evening service. If this is your first or second time here, we want to answer your questions and get to know you. Please fill out the Connect card in the pew in front of you and bring it to guest services as you exit the auditorium. We would love to meet you and you will receive a gift card. Have a great afternoon and we will see you tonight at 5. Hey there, my friends. Uh, Let me introduce myself. Uh, My name is Kurt Skelly and I pastor Faith Baptist Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, I'm also the, the owner of a little tour company called Land of the Bible Tours. Uh, let me tell you my story. Uh, years ago, uh, I had a good friend of mine that said, Kurt, uh, you, need to, you need to go to Israel. And I kind of I dismissed it. Um, I, I love the Bible. I love the Lord. And I thought, well, you know, what's, what's that really going to add to my life? It's a lot of money. It's a lot of time. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Uh, but he just stayed after me. He said, Kurt, trust me on this. And so I did. I, I went to Israel uh, years ago, and my life was changed. Uh, it was changed. As I went to these places that I had read about, these places I had grown up with in my mind's eye, 
I'm just telling you, my, 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 all of my preconceptions were blown away. Uh, things that I thought I could envision, I had it totally wrong. Uh, but just going to places like actually being on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. I mean, picturing the storm, picturing Jesus calming uh, that storm, picturing Peter walking on the water and sinking, all of that. Uh, going to Nazareth, seeing the, the little village where Jesus spent most of his life from age three, really, until age 30. Uh, amazing. Going to Bethlehem, going to the Garden of Gethsemane. That, that was my wife's personal favorite to go and, and kneel by an olive tree, to, to pray a prayer of surrender, to, to know that you're right there, right near where Jesus would have been on that night before his crucifixion. And then, of course, to go to the, the, the garden tomb, uh, to, to walk into an empty tomb, to spend that time near Golgotha. It, it just, it grabs you in ways that you just don't anticipate that it will grab you. And so I, I just went. I went that first year, and then I went every single year after that. Every everyone I would talk to, uh, everybody in our church, I said, "You got to go to Israel. You, you got to go to Israel." And so every year I would go to Israel, in spite of what the naysayers would say. Well, it's so unsafe in Israel. You know what I found? That's uh, that's just a lot of propaganda. I've never felt unsafe in Israel. It's, it's, a, it's a safe place. We ride around on an air-conditioned uh, bus, a new bus with Wi-Fi on the bus. And so it's, it's, it really, there's no problem as far as safety. Uh, the food is great. Uh, we have a buffet breakfast every morning at the hotel, quality hotels, and then a buffet dinner every night. Matter of fact, I don't know how that works. We walk uh, miles and miles every day, a lot of walking, but somehow we still manage to gain weight. Uh, but uh, it, it's a great trip. Nine nights, nine full nights uh, in Israel, nine days of touring. Uh, we'll cover all, all the airfare, all the tips. Matter of fact, the only thing that you'll actually pay for in Israel after you have signed up uh, is your own souvenir choices. And then we eat lunch on the way every day at little spots. And so you'd be responsible for your own lunch and your own souvenirs. On top of that, we cover everything. Now, here's what we do. We arrive in Tel Aviv, which is the only international airport in Israel. And then we begin our tour from day one. Every day we get up early. And so for you late birds, uh, we get up early. We get on the bus, typically start about 730 and we go all day long. I mean, if I can get you to Israel even one time, I want to get the most out of it. And so we go to as many sites as we possibly can. Our professional tour guides, uh, whom I hire for the trips, uh, they always tell me, Kurt, I don't see how you cram so much in in so short a period of time. But the way I feel about it is, hey, for most of you, you only go one time. Let's see as much as we possibly can. And we like to go to the real sites. What I mean by that is we go to the sites where you know, Jesus walked here. This would have been the landscape that Jesus would have seen. The sites that we avoid, uh, this church, that shrine, you know, I could care less who built something somewhere. I want to know where, where was Jesus? You know, what, where were the fields where David shepherded? Those are the things that, that I know I want to see. And I think those are the things that you want to see. So here's what I would say. I would say, get prepared to go. 
obviously there's there's financial preparation and 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 that's that's part of it i I get it and uh, I hope that uh, I hope that you'll be able to come but in preparing for the trip, I would say three things: number one, prepare yourself spiritually, and what I mean by that is have your heart open you know, God, God is going to speak to you in a way that uh, that's unique when you go to the Holy Land. And to just take it by uh, my experience, that that's true. Uh, number two, prepare yourself mentally. Uh, get get a, a Bible atlas. Study the map. Study the itinerary. Read through the Bible passages that we give you. You'll be so much more uh, ready to receive information having acquainted yourself with the Bible passages ahead of time. And we'll help you with that. And then number three, prepare yourself physically. And what I mean by that is... Hey, the trip is a trip that really almost anybody can do, uh, but there's a lot of walking, a lot of stairs. And so it, you would help yourself by just being in shape and, and doing a lot of walking before you go, just so that you'll, you'll get the most out of the trip that you possibly can. Uh, I hope you'll come. I know you have a million questions. Uh, we've tried to give a comprehensive uh, information sheet to your pastor and I'm sure that he'll have a separate meeting with you and answer those questions. Also, we have a website, Land of the Bible. Treat that as one word, landofthebible.org. And on the website, there are some frequently asked questions, and there's some testimonials, uh, other information. And so I hope you'll be able to go on one of the trips. Uh, I go on a couple of them myself. Maybe we'll meet down the trail. Uh, but even if we don't meet ourselves, I hope that you'll meet the Lord and meet some of those Bible characters on your own personal trip to the land of the Bible. God bless you, my friends. This is Roy Park. Roy uh, accepted Christ a few weeks ago. Uh, Roy, have you accepted Christ as your Savior? All right, I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, for the likes of his death. Raise the likes of his resurrection. The Lord said, it is done as I was commanded, and yet there is room. Sure, excited to see someone get baptized, amen? That's a wonderful thing. Hey, just wanted to give you an announcement or two before we're dismissed. Uh, all of our grandparents and families and such that are with us today, as we have advertised and mentioned, there's a great meal for us out in the foyer. And uh, just want to let you know, as we exit, we have seating all along the foyer area, mainly on, on to my right side. So if you can help us there, we're going to serve you fully. So have a seat, find a spot. Uh, we're bringing food to you. There's already uh, desserts and things there on the table for you as well. And so that way you can enjoy your fellowship as much as possible. We'll be bringing the food to you. And so we're looking forward to a great meal together. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer, and then we will be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that we've been able to uh, gather around your word and be ministered to and to minister. We're thankful for all that you've provided for us and this day of... Uh, of your word being taught and preached, and I pray that you would bless and help us to remember what we've uh, have been presented to us. Thank you for this meal that's been prepared, and and I pray that you would bless as we enjoy this time of fellowship afterwards. And we will thank you for all that you do in Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you so much. Amen.